Greetings, family. I am Pastor Jeremy, and welcome to a special Juneteenth episode of Your Week with St. Luke's. I'm here uh, with two esteemed guests who are actually family. You guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us uh, how long you've been connected to St. Luke's. Oh, I am Benita Thomas. Um, I am the Circles West Orange coach, yeah. and I have been a partner here at St. Luke's, I believe, just over four years. Mm. I, I've been um, coming to the church for about six, so. Oh, great. I'm glad that you're here today. We had this conversation. Thank you. And uh, I'm Sean, Sean McLeod. I've been coming to St. Luke's since uh, 2000. 15, maybe earlier than that, probably earlier than that. <laughs> uh, but been a partner, um, oh my gosh, it just feels like it's all been forever. Long time, yeah. years, mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been here for a while, uh, worship team and just a part of the church, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everybody here has podcast voices. <laughs> everybody here has podcast voices. But, uh, so we come here today to talk about Juneteenth and so many people don't know what that is. You know, as a matter of fact, when we say uh, Independence Day, a lot of people think that there's only one Independence Day in America, right? And they think mm -hmm. about July 4th, but there's also June 19th, right? It's a combination, the word that we celebrate, Juneteenth is a combination of those words, June and 19th. And it marks uh, June 19th, uh, 1865. And it's the day that all people on American soil were granted freedom, right? Uh, more specifically, it's the day where General Gordon Granger uh, rode into Galveston, Texas with 2,000 soldiers soldiers behind him and read uh, this announcement to the people of Texas. He said, the people of Texas are informed that according with the, uh, with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection herefore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. So. Mm. We have this announcement coming to Galveston, Texas. We have uh, the, 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 the very last uh, enslaved people in the United States being freed, right? Two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, which was really supposed to do it, right? But laws aren't laws until they're actually enforced, right? Uh, two months after the Civil War, which uh, of course was partly fought because of this, right? Um, and there's a slave account that comes to us, or a former slave account that comes to us from Dr. Diana Ramey Berry, uh, from a woman named Sarah Ford. And she said, when freedom came, I didn't even know what that word meant. She, she thought about, or she remembers her uncle running around screaming, everybody's free, everybody's free. And then she saw the soldiers. And so I guess I wanna start our conversation just by, uh, by, by like a, an imagination exercise or a thought exercise of how do you think it felt to learn that freedom had come uh, after being enslaved your entire life, two years, like I said, after the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed, uh, and hearing what Sarah said about not even knowing what that word meant, um, what do you think that felt like? I'm the same age right now as I would be. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I, I would imagine um, I would be confused. Mm -hmm. I would be confused. Mm -hmm. um, never having navigated um, space as a free man, a free man of color mm -hmm. during that time, mm -hmm. I would have been very confused. Uh, it's not as if there were uh, resources, mm -hmm. you know, things that were laid out for the slaves to say, well, now this is what you do. Yeah. Um, now, where, now where do I live? Now, right. you know, uh, where can I go? Like, you never experienced life yeah. in, in that, you never walked, uh, walked the streets of your own quote unquote home. Right. Free. 
Mm. So I, I would imagine um, I, there would be just a lack of direction and just trying to find what uh, what what does the world look like and, and what what are what is what is opportunity? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think? I think um, I, I I think about the circles, families that mm -hmm. I work with, and the first thing that comes with tyranny at the moment, like mm -hmm. what do you do? A panic would set in. Yeah. Where do I go from here? Yeah. How do I provide for my family? Where do I live? What what happens next? Yeah. It would probably be panic, and then once it started to settle in, I'm sure some of the older folks probably felt a relief mm -hmm. that they had never felt before, mm -hmm. or they didn't understand what that feeling was. Mm -hmm. Well, probably panic yeah. and then relief. Yeah. Dr. Ramey um, spoke of another account um, where a woman talked about how because um, there are a lot of options, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many families that have been torn apart because of the slave trade, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the option of, do I stay where I am and start to try and build a life in a world where I've never been free? Or do I go and try to find my family? Um, there are other, but, but there's one account of a young woman who said that uh, their former master uh, said, you guys can stay and I will pay you for your labor. But uh, her father left and came back with a buggy and took the family with him. So there was, it, there was so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I wonder also, thinking about all this. Oh, but, but the thinking, thinking about other ways people responded. Mm -hmm. Other uh, accounts say that people danced, people sang. Yeah. Uh, people began to just literally just walk away. Yeah. Just walk, yeah. just walk away and, and, and not look back at those moments. Yeah. And so I guess um, you said something interesting in your first answer, Sean. You said that um, you talked about trying to find a new way in your supposed home mm -hmm. and the, uh, the link between freedom and home is mm. interesting there, I think. Mm. The, the idea that you can't really be in a home, you can't really be at home in a place where you are not free. Right. Uh, and as we think about the black experience in America, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess thinking about, and, and and I'm glad to have you both here, you folks who have very different callings in the way that you're living those other things out. I wonder what freedom means to you and how the way that you're living your life in the world, right? Whether it's arts or whether it's uh, circles and being an ambassador for, uh, for families of different uh, socioeconomic statuses. What's your idea of freedom? And what does it look like in your field of, of work, of life? Yeah, yeah I, I would say for me, freedom is ownership. Mm. Um, I think that you know, it, when you think about um, the need to quote unquote free the slaves and the need to fight for that, mm -hmm. um, it was about ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think ownership goes beyond land and our labor, but ownership of yourself, mm -hmm. ownership of you know where agency of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, agency um, is a great word. And being able to um, fully express that and fully live into that, um, regardless of what space you go in, and especially for the spaces that you are. Uh, either uh, work, working in, you know, professionally or personal spaces, whatever that looks like, the roads you're driving down, I, having that agency and ownership to know that you are safe, mm -hmm. you are welcome, and that is, a, and that that is also yours. Yeah, you know, without question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. For freedom, for me, is just to be me mm -hmm. and to be accepted, no matter what me. I present when I go anywhere. Um, sometimes with the nails and the hair, mm -hmm. it's um, I, I can tell when I'm not necessarily free to be myself in yeah. a situation or yeah, yeah. a place. But um, 
I take that feeling and turn it around yeah. to um, people asking questions mm -hmm. or wanting to know about me and who I am, just to be free to scream if I want to yeah. and, and uh, wear my hair up or put right. some blue or purple right. and just right. do what I want to do and mm -hmm. be accepted no mm -hmm. matter where I go. Yeah, I think uh, your answer uh, creates something interesting for me and my perspective of freedom. Um, freedom as acceptance, right? It's not enough. So when we look at the idea that, once again, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed two years before um, folks in Texas were finally free, right? Mm -hmm. um, that law being passed didn't do anything in particular for their freedom. It was the enforcement of that law, right? It was the enforcement of that for them. And so, was, and so I think about um, even the ways that we see um, sometimes that not happening for black folk in America, right? And even in times where it does, um, there's, a, there's a lack of freedom that comes with being judged for living out your culture, which is what I hear you drawing mm -hmm. out. It's, it's, the, um, it's the being judged for having dreadlocks, which all three of us have, right? And, the, and sometimes assumptions that can come mm -hmm. with that, right? There's, mm -hmm. a, there's, a, there's a lack of freedom in who you can be based on stereotypes that people mm -hmm. attach to you, and I find that interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, I guess I wonder then, for you, Sean, what does freedom in the arts world look like? Uh, if, if you want to talk yeah. about what, what, what things you do in the world of art, too, you know, that would be cool. It's, it's exactly what you just said, yeah. the acceptance of the culture. Mm. So um, without having to apologize for it, without having to um, put it in a certain bubble or to, uh, you know, wash off the extra seasoning mm -hmm. so it's not too spicy. Mm -hmm. right. You know, so. Water it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it's a non, it's a non-filtered version of who we are and being mm -hmm. able to show the totality that there, you know, black people with locks does not equate to a drug dealer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but when we watch television um, and, you know, in the arts world, you know, live entertainment, art, television, film, um, when we see someone depicted as a, a, a robber or, you know, a thug or what, there are certain things that are tied to that that makes it seem as if, oh, that is what this is. If this particular part of black culture is expressed with locks, you know, with, with tattoos, you know, if, if they want to wear, you know, big shirts or whatever, like now, oh, okay, that's, you're, you're a gangster, you know? Mm -hmm. So being right. able to, you know, show, shed light that there's so many, um, there, there, there's so, so much more uh -huh. to the black community than, than what we typically see yeah. on, on television and, and you know, in media. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it depicts just such a, a misrepresentation yeah. of our community. And I think that yeah. that's just, um, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it makes it more difficult to, um, to put things like locks on stage because you, now you have to explain the why or yeah. explain why you can't do it. It's so, and you have to justify your culture, yeah. but that work is, is yeah. necessary, you know, yeah. it's necessary. Um, mm. But that's, that's what it looks like, you know? And I think the, um, the great thing is that, you know, we are, um, now these conversations are being had in a time where those freedoms can be expressed, mm -hmm. you know, and those things are being valued and, you know, voices are being heard yeah. and, and, and seats are at the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and within that, um, we're able to bring about change. And, you know, and what's also great with ownership acceptance is that with seats at the table by people of our community, we're also able to be those enforcers, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, who better? <laughs> yeah. Who better? Um, so, yeah. 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 I love what, what you're saying about being able to t- just tell the story unfettered by assumption based on how the mm-hmm. culture is presented. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. What about you, Benita, and the work that you do? Uh, you know what? I had, and listening to Sean speak, yeah. um, when I first went into the role as Circles Coach, mm-hmm. It was um, a little daunting mm-hmm. because I didn't have the formal education yeah. of the ladies before me. Yeah, sure. So, but I had the lived experience mm-hmm. as someone mm-hmm. in poverty to step into that role. Yeah. So it was, um, I had someone tell me, you know, looking at you, I didn't know you spoke like that. Mm. And I was like, mm. and then I, I, I changed to, to go with where I thought they were going. And I said, well, did you think I was going to speak like this? Sure. And uh, sure. she started laughing. Yeah. And then uh, conversations came, and I was like, no, you can't always judge someone yeah. by what you see because okay. people are just people. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that a lot when I go into different places and spaces. And then when people um, realize then it's eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And being in the role at Circles where yeah. I can be a voice, or not even a, a voice, just an advocate yeah. for people that are in the situation that I was once in, it is so empowering and freeing. And I had someone, because I go against the grain sure. all the time, whenever I can, <laughs> whenever it's appropriate. Somebody might not think it's appropriate. I'm mm-hmm. still going to the left, you go right. Yeah. We're going to meet somewhere in the middle. And I had someone tell me, don't ever change that. Sure. Because if I get complacent, then things go by the wayside. So in, in my role, it's, it's empowering to be the circles coach and to know that I have other people that are beside me and that I can, I'm not leading anybody, they're leading me. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I love it. Can you tell us real quick, you mentioned circles a couple times. If mm-hmm. anybody listening doesn't know what circles is, could you... Just break that down for us real quick. Yeah, Circles is a nonprofit that um, actually came out of St. Luke's. Mm -hmm. It's part of a national organization where we take people of different social economic backgrounds and we match those people with people in poverty. Mm -hmm. So the people in poverty come to us. um, They say they want to change their situation and get out of poverty. So we match them together. We give them the tools that they need um, to succeed, mm-hmm. and we follow them for 18 months through their journey. Um, 18 months is the typical time mm-hmm. that we're together, but we have people stay for four years, mm-hmm. five years. We've had some allies come back mm-hmm. three times yeah. already. Yeah. So we're, we are um, under Poverty Solutions Group and mm-hmm. St. Luke's Missions. Great, amazing. Um, so you mentioned uh, people experiencing poverty and you mentioned um, bridging, bridging that gap by connecting them with people who are not having that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and who can support them through those things. But we know that uh, some of the poverty that we see experienced in the world of marginalized folks is a result of, uh, of intentional, intentionally trying to keep people from freedom, right? And so I guess I wanna know what, What's you guys' perspective on us celebrating Juneteenth, right? Us seeing the uh, the amazing date that we look back on, where those folks were finally told that they were free, right? And still being and still being in a position where we're fighting for certain freedoms as Black folk in America today. 
Um, did you all have any thoughts on that? Go first. This time. I, yeah. I think it's absolutely necessary that we celebrate Juneteenth, mm -hmm. um, not just in the black community, but everyone. Mm -hmm. And people that don't understand or know what it's about, yeah. we need to educate yeah. and, and let them know. Um, this year in particular at Circles, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. are going to take um, Juneteenth on full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, we have some pretty cool things planned for the community mm -hmm. as a whole to inform them and hopefully get questions and um, back a good response from that. But uh, yeah, it needs to be celebrated just the same as we do for the 4th of July and recognize that we we still have to fight. Yeah. Every, um, every day yeah. we still have to fight for equity. Yeah. Um, amongst all of us, yeah. it's it's a I don't want to say a never-ending battle, but yeah. it is yeah, a never-ending battle that we we are tasked with trying to yeah. move the needle. Yeah, as long as it, or at least it's never-ending as long as there's injustice in the world towards mm -hmm. anybody, for anybody, right? Towards anybody. So I did hear that you guys are doing it big at circles for Juneteenth June this mm -hmm. year. Can you uh, give us the, the time and the date and location? Well, yeah, the uh, time, date, location, mm -hmm. uh, or at least where we can go and get some more information about that. Um, we are on the St. Luke's um, website, mm -hmm. org forward slash circles. Okay, great. Um, you can also check out povertysolutionsgroup.org mm -hmm. for more information about us. And Circles West Orange okay. is our public um, Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But we are we meet on Tuesday nights mm -hmm. at West Orange Church of Christ, mm -hmm. right in Winter Garden. Our uh, chapter is housed in Winter Garden. Um, we are from six to eight. Mm -hmm. We have dinner from six to seven mm -hmm. and programming from seven to eight. Gotcha. Um, because Juneteenth is on a Sunday, mm -hmm. we'll celebrate the following Tuesday. Okay, great. Okay, great. During your normal during our normal during our normal meetings. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I think about the fact that even in the Emancipation Proclamation being signed, right, and even in the Civil War being fought, and we finally get to the day of Juneteenth, black folks were still striving for freedom, but black folks were still rebelling, you know what I'm saying, uh, against their masters and that kind of thing. They were still running away and looking for ways to have true lives of freedom and not waiting for that to come to them. And I think about celebrating Juneteenth in the midst of fighting for freedom in the way that it reminds us, it should remind us, right? Not only black folks, but all folks who, uh, who feel oppressed or marginalized and all folks who care for the oppressed and marginalized that we are resilient, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and what can happen when we hold on and we continue to fight. And I also think about the fact that a lot of your slave rebellions were led by your slave preachers. So you have, like, like you think about Nat Turner, who was a slave preacher and who led a slave rebellion. And of course, not looking at violence as uh, the way not looking at violence as the way, but thinking about resistance and resilience and being led to resistance via scripture and via your relationship with God. I guess I wonder what you all's thoughts are on how the church should be helping to move the world towards true freedom and equality for all people. What is the church's voice? What is the church's role in doing that? Mm. I think that you look back in time, mm -hmm. And when we look at back in time, specifically the black church, yeah. um, that, was, that was 
the black government. <laughs> sure, sure. It was the center of black life. Yeah. It was the center. Yeah, the black that church, was the center. Yeah. So those were, you know, the elected officials. Yeah, those sure. were the people you turned to. Sure. And if you needed something, that's where you went. Sure. Um, and I would love to say that that church has expanded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it has, um, you know, it has infiltrated different different spaces, different communities. Um, but it still needs to be that authority on if anyone in that church hurt, mm-hmm. they, they knew who to go. They knew who to go to yeah. and they would be taken care of. Yeah. You know, if anyone in that church needed. They, so being that community, mm-hmm. um, being that beacon for the black community to know that you are welcome, mm-hmm. you are safe. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're also going to fight for your rights. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, and we're right. going to fight for your right, rights in ways that you cannot on your own. Yeah. You know, because it, take, it takes a community. It takes a collective. Yeah. It takes a collective to be able to do it peacefully because you might be ready to go bash in the window and then you right. got, no, brother, no, no, no. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. We said peaceful sure. protest, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But it takes a community, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you do get, you know, a, a mix of emotions that can't really be, um, I don't want to say concealed, but be be managed in a way that is truthful to how they, they their spiritual journey, yeah. you know, and, and who they uh, know themselves to be, yeah. so you don't get taken out your spirit, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So I think the church just being that community, that beacon um, for everybody yeah. uh, to to come to, no matter what that need is, and, but especially what that need is when their rights and who they are, yeah. that they're not granted the equal freedoms as other people. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think um, St. Luke's as a as a whole, as the church um, mm-hmm. that we're here today, um, I think St. Luke's does a great job to make sure that we keep pushing forward, mm-hmm. um, that we bring up the issues, that they let us as a congregation know that we are with you, mm-hmm. we stand with you. And I think as Sean said, we can't move the needle by ourselves. Right. We need those people on the other side of the table yeah. to not only stand with us, but to understand right. with us right. and, and to want to not just sympathize, but em- emphasize. Em- yeah, Empathize with us and know that we, as, as black people, we don't want to be aggressive. We don't want to be seen as problems or as ghetto, we want the same things for our children that they want for their children's. We want to be able to go into the store and get what we want and come out without somebody following us around the mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. If, if the people on the other side can understand or want to understand what we face, then we can move the needle. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying to me, just the idea of uh, being able to walk around the world, once again, unfettered, at least by assumptions of who you are based on your race, based mm-hmm. on the color of your skin, what your hair looks like. Um, all that combined to me sounds, once again, like freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like we're just saying it, it, it's uh, trying to get everybody at the table to not only understand, but be a fierce defender of everyone's freedom Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's a great place for us to uh, to end our time here today I thank you Sean and Benita for your hearts and your witness and I just thank you for having this conversation with us Uh, I hope you have a blessed week